Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC and joining you right on the hills of the SEC announcing the next two opponents on the Florida schedule. Uh, on Florida schedule, of course, last week we got the 10-game, uh, the announcement that the that SEC was going to play conference-only 10-game SEC schedule. We've waited about a week now to try and figure out uh, and get an announcement from the SEC of who the opponents would be. And pretty good. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty equal there. Florida's going to draw Arkansas and Texas A&M for the 2020 season. So, of course, storylines, uh, storylines galore there, of course. Uh, <laughs> Arkansas with Felipe Franks transferring to Arkansas. And if he's a starting quarterback, which more than likely he will be, and he probably should be, he'll return to the swamp and play his former team, the Gators. So, man, uh, that would be awesome for the entire fan base and, and, and the 90,000 fans that, you know, could fit in Ben Hill Griffin stadium. That one would be a fun one to go to. Uh, and, you know, of, of course, uh, no hard feelings of course, of course, towards Felipe Franks or anything for transferring and everything he did for the university of Florida. Uh, Kyle Trask is, a, is the quarterback now. So it'd have been fun to see the Kyle Trask versus Felipe Franks, um, a matchup for with 90,000 fans in the stands, uh, there. So we'll, we'll get it, uh, hopefully, you know, the season will be played, but that's going to be one of the bigger storylines, no matter how good Arkansas is this season. Uh, when, um, that game, we'll look we'll, and next week, we'll get hopefully, I would assume next week, we'll get the layout. We already know home, who home and away is for the whole schedule, we just don't know how it's going to line up, um, uh, as far as you know, who, who you play and what week there. So, uh, and, and, and then, of course, the other one, Texas A&M. Uh, Florida was scheduled to play Texas A&M in two years. Uh, and uh, Alabama next year, Texas A&M the year after that. Uh, we're going to travel to Texas A&M in two years. That uh, We don't know if that game's still going to be on schedule or not, but there we go. Florida, Texas A&M. Florida traveling to Texas A&M. And a lot of people picking Texas A&M to be uh, one of the up-and-comer um, surprise teams in the West, I think, this year. Not Not Alabama. Uh, of course, um, I mean, Phil still has them high. I think Texas A&M is fifth in his uh, poll, uh, in his magazine that came out. So I think he had Alabama in the playoffs still. Uh, but, you know, Texas A&M ranked fifth in Phil Steele's magazine. So, um, yeah, I mean, pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Uh, I think some balance there for Florida. You get an easier opponent. Uh, and Sam Pittman, uh, of course, is going to Arkansas, the Georgia offensive line. Uh, coach from the last couple of few years, and uh, he's the head coach there now at Arkansas with Felipe Franks at quarterback. So pretty good storylines there for Arkansas. And then, like I said, Texas A&M getting talked up as a as a team to watch in the SEC this coming up year. And Florida is going to go and travel. Hey, take on Jimbo Fisher <laughs> again, former Florida State uh, head coach as well. So he had a lot of success against the Gators as the Seminoles head coach. But uh, look, another storyline there, it, it, it's the quarterback storyline. Uh, you have, you know, Kyle Trask and Felipe Franks. That's going to garner a whole lot of storylines. But Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond. I mean, a lot of people want to nitpick um, which quarterback is the best in the SEC. And it's mostly between those two guys, Mond and, and, and Trask. So, you know, good for Florida. They don't, I mean, believe me, we'd love to have 90,000 fans when LSU comes into town and, and, and the like. A good thing for Florida, but you know Texas is a little different out there. They still they kind of want to open up things too uh, as well. So 
I think the last report I remember seeing from the state of Texas is maybe 50% uh, of fans there. So you're looking at, what, 45, 50,000 there for Texas A&M if that's allowed. So, you know, I I think all in all, and I'll go through, look, I'm flying by the seat of my pants here a little bit. I'm joining you live for an instant reaction. Uh, You know, the schedule just got announced 30 minutes ago. Uh, So I'm going to try and catch up with Twitter, get some of your guys' uh, thoughts here. Uh, and you know, but I'll go through uh, the rest of the SEC as well, uh, and how home and away uh, shakes out. Because that, that, of course, that's going to play a part uh, a bit. Home field advantage is not going to build be the same home field advantage we're used to. Uh, if we have a season this season, I mean, it, the, the stands are not going to be full. So, will there be some type of home field advantage? Yes, there will be. You don't have to travel, and and, and in this climate right now, that's probably a big deal right now. Uh, of not, we, we don't know travel protocols for a lot of these teams right now. And I know the SEC just announced today as well uh, their you know, testing protocols and, and all that. You can go find that. But I do think it's um, worth noting home field advantage might be just because you don't have to travel. And just the, the, the uh, travel protocol is going to be so weird this year. Of, you know, you're going to get tested, what, three times a week, not two, three times a week now. Uh, I would imagine <laughs> airports are what want, want people. I know you get a chartered flight and stuff, but airports may have a say uh, as well in, in uh, testing protocols and checking fevers and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think there's a lot more information we need to know about visiting teams uh, and, and a protocol there that they, they have to follow. So I think there is some hopeful advantage kind of baked in, not necessarily on game day, on the field. 90,000, 100% of the crowd screaming in your ear. More be, it might just be more because uh, of the travel and, and all that. So before we get there, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Uh, check us out on all the podcast platforms out there. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Live on YouTube right now. Subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Hit the like button. Um, as I'm joining you here, right on the heels of the SEC announcing um, uh, the SEC schedule here. So let's go through, of course, for the Gators. As I said, Arkansas at home, Texas A&M on the road. So Florida's home opponents this year. Does it really change all that much? Of course, there's no reason for it to change. Uh, but Kentucky, LSU, Missouri, South Carolina, and now Arkansas at home. There's the five home games. And then away from the swamp, Georgia and Jacksonville still. And then Ole Miss, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and traveling to Texas A and M now. So, and go through and let me make sure I can uh, keep up with everything here. But let's uh, start. We'll start with the SEC East and how the schedule broke out for SEC East teams. So for Florida, of course, you kept LSU, you kept Ole Miss, you added Arkansas, and you added Texas A and M. For Georgia, already had Auburn and Alabama on the schedule. We've talked. At months uh, about that Georgia schedule, how it's going to be tougher for, for for them than Florida this year by you know the schedule itself by adding uh, Alabama. So they had Auburn, they had Alabama. Florida had a little bit of a break with LSU and Ole Miss, you know, to give Georgia kind of a easier not easier path, but to make it fair to make it equal there. They add Mississippi State, and they play Arkansas as well. Uh, so Felipe Franks will play Georgia again. <laughs> didn't get to play him last year, of course, because he was injured, but he did get to play him a couple times already. In his career, he'll get to play. Uh, he'll get to play the Bulldogs one more time. So uh, Georgia gets Mississippi State at home and Arkansas on the road. Kentucky here. Kentucky already had Mississippi State and they already had Auburn. They add Ole Miss and Kentucky adds Alabama. 
So Kentucky, you know, if you're looking for maybe a team that's not Florida, that's not Georgia, that could represent the SEC East, Kentucky's one of those teams you could look at. And, you know, if this schedule somehow would have gotten tougher for Florida and tougher for Georgia, maybe Kentucky could have snuck in the, through the back door there and, 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 and snuck into Atlanta. But with them adding Alabama, that's going to make that a little bit difficult. So Kentucky with Mississippi State and with Auburn, and then they added Ole Miss and then added Alabama. Missouri. Oof. <laughs> Missouri got it tough. Missouri got it tough here. Already had Arkansas and Mississippi State at home, but Missouri has to add Alabama and LSU. So the top two teams in the West, that's who Missouri added. And uh, Eli Drinkwich, um, the new head coach there at Missouri in his first season in this revised schedule, now draws Alabama and now draws LSU. They get Alabama at home and LSU on the road. South Carolina already had a tough schedule as well. They play Texas A&M every year. They drew Arkansas this year. Uh, so they play Texas A&M at home, they, uh, LSU on the road. They added, for their two games, Auburn at home and Ole Miss on the road. Tennessee already has Alabama and Arkansas scheduled, of course. And then they added Texas A&M and Auburn. So Tennessee's schedule gets tougher too. I just mentioned Kentucky is a team, if it wasn't Florida, if it wasn't Georgia, uh, maybe a team that could sneak in. Everybody's, well, not everybody, but a lot of people's picking Tennessee based off of last year's uh, end of season run as, you know, can they, can, can they break through again? Is this, you know, we've, we've heard it, we heard it a lot during the Butch Jones year, years. Would this be, uh, is this another year where they, previous year they had a really streaky, hot end to the season, and now a lot of people kind of picking up on Tennessee again. Well, a lot of people doing it at the end this year, uh, but their schedule gets tougher by adding Texas A&M and adding Auburn. They host Texas A&M and will travel to Auburn. And then Vanderbilt already had Ole Miss and Texas A&M on the schedule. They added LSU and Mississippi State. So I'll go through the West here. If you're, you know, if you could keep up, you could probably put the schedule together in your head there <laughs> a bit. But I will go through here. Uh, Alabama already has Georgia and Tennessee on the schedule. They added Kentucky and will travel to Missouri, Arkansas, um, Tennessee, and Missouri on the schedule. As I mentioned, Arkansas added Florida and they added Georgia, Auburn. Uh, Kentucky and Georgia on the schedule already. They drew Tennessee and they drew South Carolina. So uh, Auburn's schedule's not too tough there. I mean, if you look at their East, you know, their East opponents here, Auburn, Georgia, that's the only, Georgia's the only game right now they'd probably not be favored in. Um, But, you know, they'd be favored over Kentucky. They'd be favored over Tennessee more than likely. They'd be favored over South Carolina. So if Auburn's, kind of the same team we expect them to be kind of based on last year a bit. I know they lost, you know, they lost a lot of on, on defense, that defensive front uh, pretty much going and can Bo Nix take that next step. Uh, but, you know, just on the surface here, you'd say, you know, Georgia's the only uh, team that you'd have them at uh, as an underdog uh, right now. So LSU already had South Carolina and Florida, of course, on the schedule. They added Missouri and Vanderbilt. So Missouri, uh, you know, LSU, I think, Probably out of the West contenders um, by having South Carolina and Florida. By having South Carolina, um, you know, they had South Carolina, Alabama had Tennessee. Um, so LSU had Florida, Alabama had Georgia. And at the same time, Alabama added Kentucky and Missouri. LSU added Missouri and Vanderbilt. So I think, um, you know, LSU got the easier end of the deal there. Look, 
Alabama's not losing to Kentucky or Missouri, so does it really matter? Uh, but and just just looking at it on the surface, there, I, I think LSU got it got got it a little bit easier uh, than Alabama. Ole Miss, let's say they of course already had Florida on the schedule at home. They had Vanderbilt on the schedule as well. That's their permanent crossover. They added South Carolina. They added Kentucky. Mississippi State already had Missouri and Kentucky on the schedule. They added Vanderbilt and Georgia. And Texas A&M already had Vanderbilt and South Carolina on the schedule. And they added Florida and Tennessee. So the Texas A&M schedule gets a bit tougher there. Vanderbilt and South Carolina already on the schedule. They add Florida and they add Tennessee. So... Man, that's going to set up for a fun season. <laughs> you guys have known if you've listened to Gators Breakdown. I'm not a big, uh, easy cupcake game fan all too much. Uh, they're necessary. All those schools need, little, little schools need help. But I've been a proponent for a 9-10 game SEC schedule anyway. Uh, and, you know, two big out-of-conferences with FSU already. And then a, and another one uh, there. So maybe add three if you get a non-conference game. So look, having 10 SEC games is going to be fun. Um, I wish more fans could be in the stands. It will, we'll let all that play out. And hopefully at some point, a lot of fans will be, but, um, you know, for Florida right now, the home schedule of Kentucky, LSU, Missouri, South Carolina, and Arkansas with the fleet play Frank storyline. And then going to A&M and Jimbo, uh, of course, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Georgia and Jacksonville, uh, that's a fun season. That's going to be a, a really fun season there uh, when, when you look at it in, in these 10 SEC games. Uh, for you know, I do think, you know, for Florida, everybody wants to kind of, you know, of course, you're going to compare schedules. Uh, and you're going to compare schedules to Georgia just because we thought Florida would have a break uh, this year. And um, how uh, – I'd like to see the process with this. Um, I got Feinbaum off on the side here. I don't know if he's talking to Greg Sankey or, or anybody uh, like that, but maybe we'll get more info on Monday about how they came up with this. From what I heard, uh, going into when, – when the SEC announced that they were going to release the schedule on Friday, um, it's at 6 o'clock, the Twitter went crazy. Hey, SEC Network, tune in at 6 o'clock. You're going you're gonna to get the schedule – um, so I started checking around, of course, maybe it, it would leak somewhere <laughs> pretty early or, or try and get a, uh, a sense of what the schedule would be. Uh, but one thing I did find out was the schools wouldn't find out until today and they wouldn't find out till about 15 minutes before everybody else did. They, they would, they would get the schedule. Um, saw that in a couple different places there. So did schools have any say at all in how the schedule came out because of course you know the rumors of florida having to play alabama and texas a&m and neither florida nor alabama really liking that too much so did they you know through back channels go and get their way or anything like that look it said it was said last week you know ross dellinger uh for sports illustrated he said he was spitballing the idea of the next two opponents it was just an idea when the sec announced the 10 that they were going to play 10 games they said almost pretty much right away that it was going to be based on some strength of schedule format. The whole next two games thing never, never materialized uh, to, to my knowledge. And so then uh, fast forward a week to today on Friday and SEC said they're going to announce the schedule at six o'clock. And from everything I could gather, the teams wouldn't find out until today as well. So, you know, we'll see if that's the truth or not. Uh, I don't know. I'll try and do some more digging, but that was kind of what was, leaking out around 5 o'clock, that, is, that the teams didn't even know. So we'll see. You know, maybe Florida, Alabama somehow knew they were going to play each other and, you know, moaned a little bit. 
to get their way of not having to play each other. But I do think it was more uh, about some equality here. So while Florida had LSU and Ole Miss, they gave Florida another somewhat tough opponent in Texas A&M and a somewhat easier opponent in Arkansas. Since Georgia already had Auburn and Alabama on the schedule, they give them a little bit too easier opponents with Arkansas and Mississippi State. Like I said, I think uh, Missouri, of course, drew the the the, the uh, the, the tough part of the schedule here in, in the way it worked out with Alabama and LSU. And as I said, I think Tennessee's uh, chances hurt a bit too with Texas A&M and, and, and Auburn. So if they can take that next step, they'll be competitive in those games. And I think uh, they beat Auburn just a couple years ago uh, when, when they matched up. So that's a big win, I think, in Jeremy Pruitt's first year. So those, teams, those two teams playing uh, pretty recent. And, uh, you know, Florida uh, – for, for Florida and um, – Arkansas, Texas A&M, Florida last played Arkansas, what, 2016? Uh, the week after Florida, Georgia, and just went and got their brains beat in um, by Arkansas that year. And then played Texas A&M in 2017. Uh, Felipe Franks with a big run in that game in his ugly swamp green uniforms and pretty you know disappointing loss there to Texas A&M the last time they come to the swamp uh, there. So that was the last two matchups, I believe, yeah, 2016 for Arkansas and 2017. Uh, for Texas A&M, so some recent history uh, there with those SEC uh, teams. So, of course, you get my instant reaction here. I, I like the schedule. I think it's pretty fair. Uh, I think it's pretty fair for Florida and Georgia. I don't think any team can necessarily look at the schedule and sit here and say uh, they were at a disadvantage. Now, before I get too far on that, we'll see, hopefully next week, how the schedule lines up. I mean, does Florida somehow play LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M, back-to-back-to-back, or something like that. And maybe there's some inequality there. If, if one team has to go, there's going to be a tough stretch somewhere. There always is. Uh, you know, like last year, Florida had to do what? Uh, Auburn and LSU back-to-back. Uh, so tough stretch there uh, in back-to-back two games. Uh, but that's what you'll have to look for now is the schedule format. Who do you play? Where? Where, where does the bye week come into play? Um, and... and and that that part of it, that part of it will, will be will be huge now. I said on the surface, the games themselves, Florida and Georgia, it's pretty equal. And neither team will be able to point to the schedule and say we played a harder schedule. Uh, now maybe by season's end we'll say that. Maybe Texas A&M is much better or much worse than we think. And um, Georgia plays Auburn. Maybe Auburn's better, much better or much worse than than, than we think. Or maybe. And, you know, Georgia plays Mississippi State here, and Mike Leach comes in and lights the world on fire in year one. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think uh, – and, look, that's the type of offense we don't, we don't see in the SEC too much with, with Mike Leach and that whole air raid and pretty much throw it almost every play of the game. Uh, you know, it's kind of new. LSU did some of that last year, but they still ran the ball a good bit with, the, with some power run game. And Mississippi State has a talent to do that too. So it will be interesting to see how Mike Leach adapts to that talent. Uh, there, but you know, not a lot of uh, Mike Leach. There's plenty of tape out there for Georgia to watch on Mike Leach and Mike Leach and you know KJ Costello coming over as, as a transfer to quarterback there for him. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all breaks out. Arkansas, I don't think it's going to be too much this year with uh, Sam Pittman and uh, his first year head coaching there. I don't think Felipe Franks is a good enough a quarter good good enough quarterback to elevate the, their play all that much. They got some good options at receiver there, um, but you know Florida. Having to play Arkansas, not too much of a worry there. And look, they're going to know yeah, it's in a different offense, of course. I think Arkansas were trying to adapt to what Felipe Franks can do well. Um, Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham know what he can do well. 
They played him in practice. They know his tendencies a bit. So they probably know how to rattle Felipe Franks a bit. They know what rattles him. They know what gets under his skin. Um, but Arkansas doesn't necessarily have the talent uh, or, or coaching ability to, to hang with Florida. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of emotion. They'll play with a lot of emotion, I'm sure, for Felipe Franks coming back uh, there. But as I said, Florida already had LSU on the road at Ole Miss, home with Arkansas, and on the road at Texas A&M. So let's get uh, your thoughts here um, added here. I'll go through <clears throat> as best I can. Uh, as uh, hopefully not a lot of cussing or anything, I'll have to <laughs> come through here uh, as I'm kind of live reading uh, and going through at the same time. Josh Emery at MMA Josh says, "Love Frank's coming to Gainesville. I hope we're friendly, hostile, but give him respect too." <coughs> Excuse me. So, I mean, yeah, there's not going to be fans in the stands, uh, so that's one thing. As I mentioned earlier, so going there. Um, going with that part of it, it's not going to be too much of a hostile crowd uh, for, for for Felipe Franks uh, there. So, um, Bull Gator says, big winner is LSU. Definitely mentioned that earlier. Big loser is is, is Mizzou. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rob Coe at MusclePlug54 says, I'm good because we expect to play Bama in Atlanta. And that's, uh, I did throw up a funny tweet a couple, when it was rumored that Florida might play Alabama in the way it was lining up. Hey, you want to go play Alabama twice? Yeah, there we go. Let's do that. <laughs> so uh, that was a, a good a good part of the uh, back and forth and, and having a little bit of fun uh, with the whole aspect. But, yeah, we, as Gator fans, with coming up with this 2020 season, um, expect to play Alabama uh, in Atlanta. You know, since we play LSU in the season, and LSU loses a whole lot as well. Not, not a lot of people see LSU repeating as SEC West champs. So a lot of people are, are looking to, towards Florida and Alabama in, in, in Atlanta. So Florida won't have to play Alabama twice. Uh, and we hopefully get to play them in Atlanta uh, at the end of the season here. So in Mullen we trust at uh, Gator Gorl, uh says A&M without any fans is an early Christmas present. Arkansas is a good one as well. Yeah, I mean, A&M's got really good home field advantage that, that they packed there. Everybody remembers you go back to the 2012 game uh, and Johnny Menzel's first game and Kevin Sumlin's first game. Uh, was it his first game? I think it was his first game, too, if I remember right. And A&M's first game in the Big 12 or in the SEC coming over from the Big 12. Uh, that was the last time Florida played there. A big storyline there. So advise you there if you haven't watched that game before, go back on YouTube and watch that 2012 Florida versus Texas A&M game. Um, Johnny Manziel goes crazy in the first half. Uh, Will Muschamp and that Gator defense goes in at halftime and, and shuts down Johnny Manziel in the second half and, and, and some really good offense. And Mike Gillisley and Jeff Driscoll uh, leading the way in the second half there on offense for the Gators. So uh, if you haven't watched that, you know, go back and you get a little taste of what uh, the Gators will be walking into, but probably would not the uh, same um, – Hostile crowd there. So uh, John Rosado at Utah Gator says, uh, Utah Gator 725 says, Trash versus Vaughn and Franks sign me up. Um, let's see. Uh, Chips and Queso says, I love it. The Felipe storyline is fun and AM is a nice addition to the schedule. Good challenge. Um, Jess Best 05 says, I'm so excited to play Franks. That'll be an interesting storyline. Worried about AM a little bit. And and that, that is it. I mean, A&M is the game you have to worry about in this scenario. This is the one that makes the schedule a little more difficult, uh, I think, to, like as I said earlier, to 
equal out what Georgia had in Alabama and, uh, and Auburn. So you add A&M, as I said, a, a team many are picking to be a team in the West to contend, and a good team. Uh, the Trask Bond um, storyline there. Uh, and, they, and they've recruited pretty good, uh, much uh, – I do think, you know, so far – and I got in a lot of trouble with this not long ago on, uh, on Twitter – has there really been that much of a difference between Jimbo Fisher and Kevin Sumlin so far? Um, I haven't seen it necessarily. Um, when you're looking at Texas A&M and how they perform, they're, they're recruiting better. Uh, and so more than likely, it pays dividends down the road. But so far, uh, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with uh, Brett Ciencia on, uh, when he joined the podcast um, from Pick 6 Previews, uh, that... You know, it's um, not that big of a difference between Texas A&M then and and now, but the recruiting would eventually have to pay off, and and, and they'll be better. So uh, this is a year a lot of people are pointing to for for Kellen Mond uh, to take a big step, and um, they get they got some they got some young talent there. I think they'll try hopefully or not not hopefully against the Gators, but their hope is they take advantage of it. Uh, Jenna. R. Brantley says, love it. Kyle Field is incredible and definitely an away game I won't miss. A matchup against Jimbo is going to be great football. Jenna, I hope, uh, I hope you can make that trip. I hope uh, that's another aspect of this. Or what, what does away fans look like? Uh, do away fans even get a chance to travel uh, to, to an away game? Uh, or you have to buy tickets <laughs> from the home fans uh, with tickets at a premium this year. That's going to be an interesting part of it, too, is how many away fans can actually uh, attend games. So we'll see uh, what the SEC's announcements are on that and how many tickets uh, that have to, uh, teams have to give up for away teams uh, as well. So, uh, real Kevin, let's see here. Uh, Kevin Maurer BB, we'll see. Ho- hopefully I got that right. He says, balanced, one tough, one easy. It's fair. Uh, D. Pennington, 1985, Franks versus Trask. Great storyline. Also love to get another shot at Jimbo. And that's it, too. <laughs> you know, we, as Gator fans, got tired of Jimbo and Dalvin Cook and Jameis Winston. Um, you know, Florida was, was not as good in, in those years. Florida was nowhere near as good as they are now when Jimbo was at FSU and still gave those FSU teams trouble a bit. You know, Florida had some good defenses uh, under Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain and, you know, gave those FSU teams a little bit of trouble uh, in first half of games until, you know, FSU just out-talented and out-athleted and out-coached Florida uh, for a whole game scenario. So, yeah, it would be nice to get to get back at Jimbo a little bit for all the uh, heartbreak and uh, pounding that he gave Florida uh, his time at Florida State. So, uh, J.B. White says, uh, at Rattler Gator says, LSU and Georgia got big breaks. And like I said, the Georgia break, I understand – but already having Alabama and Auburn on the schedule, this was a way to kind of equal it out, I think, for Florida and Georgia. Um, here we go. And then, look, this is a way to look at it, too. Um, uh, at uh, Derek, D-E-R-R-I-K-E, expectation, still playoffs. And I don't think the schedule does anything to change your expectation for Florida. Uh, if, if it does, you know, reply somewhere along the way, reply in the, uh, in the tweet or – in the YouTube comments or something, to me, this doesn't change all that much. Uh, the expectation for Florida, it's still going to come down to the Georgia game in Jacksonville, more than likely, uh, with this. Because I said these, the, the, this, this schedule had a way of working itself out to where it's pretty fair. So, 
it's going to come down to, to the Florida Georgia game. And a lot of people were giving Florida a little bit of a pad the way the schedule was before with LSU and Ole Miss and Georgia having to play Auburn and Alabama. The hope there was maybe Georgia loses to both those teams. And the game in Jacksonville wasn't as imperative uh, as, as, you know, you maybe need to win that game. But look, you want to beat Georgia anyway. Uh, and now I think the schedule is pretty equal to where it's going to come down to that game. You've got to win that game to go to Atlanta. And that's what this schedule does. So I don't think the expectations change. I don't think, um, you know, if, if you look at it, you sit here and say, Florida has two tough games with LSU and A&M and two easier games. Georgia has two tough games with Alabama and Auburn and two easier games with Mississippi State and Arkansas. So uh, the expectation for – I don't think your expectation of Florida should change at all with this schedule. It, 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 the thing is, with a 10-game a SEC schedule makes it more difficult. I mean, look, A&M is one more tougher team on Florida's schedule. Um, that wasn't there before. Uh, so I, I do think with the way college football goes this year – if you're in two-loss SEC team and you win the SEC championship game, you're still going to be in. There's no way with a 10-game SEC schedule you lose two, you, that you lose two games and you're not in the playoff. I'm sorry. There's no way a two-loss SEC team with, with a 10-game SEC schedule should be in and more than likely to me will be in. There's no question about that. So you know, can Florida afford to lose to A&M and, say, LSU or A&M and you know, any team – not Georgia or, or something like that. So, like I said, going back kind of to the original point, I don't think your expectation of Florida should change by the addition of Arkansas and, um, and Texas A&M. Uh, Jason LeVon Carter says, I actually kind of expected these two teams for some reason. I'm not an expert, but I didn't expect Bama and Auburn to be added, but I'm excited about these two matchups. Yeah, Auburn was probably one of the last teams I expected um, just because Florida played them last year. And I, I don't think they were going to do that again. Uh, so Auburn was kind of off the table for me, too. I thought it would be Alabama or Texas A&M. It was definitely Texas A&M. I didn't think it was going to be both. Like I said, I think a lot of people jumped the gun on that thought of it being the next two uh, opponents. And I think Florida you know, was going to end up with Alabama or Auburn or Alabama and Texas A&M uh, to kind of beef up the schedule a bit. And then I, I thought Mississippi State or Arkansas. So it worked out pretty much the way uh, I thought it would, uh, too. And kind of Trey Abney uh, says that, too. If I couldn't have Arkansas and Mississippi State, this was my second choice. So absolutely kind of uh, going back there. Um, Ali, Felipe Frank's coming back for a strange homecoming. Uh, would rather have Texas A&M at home. This is Radius of Convergence. Would rather have Texas A&M at home and the Hogs on the road. But overall, it's not too bad. Um, maybe in a normal year, uh, but this isn't a normal year. So, um, Florida going to A&M is not that big of a deal to me. And, uh, I do like the, the, I love the storyline of Felipe Frank's coming back to Gainesville. That's, uh, as I said, will be a major headline in the SEC and, uh, college football. And <laughs> Ozzy Canseco brings up a good point right here with, with that. He says, just hope Frank's isn't Brock Berlin 2.0. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that would that would hurt too. You go back to 2003 and Brock Berlin lost the, the job to Rex Grossman uh, and then transfers to Miami. Florida travels down to Miami and gets up big on the Hurricanes and Brock Berlin leads a furious comeback uh, there for the Hurricanes. So definitely, definitely, uh, Ozzy, uh, I don't want that uh, to happen either. I don't want Felipe Franks to come in here into the swamp and uh, end up beating his former team uh, there. 
so yeah, there we um, and then Andrew G says right here the last thought on Twitter. It says hopefully we get a hopefully we get a chance to give uh, Frank Frank's a standing ovation. Yeah, you know during warm ups or something like that. If there's enough fans in the stands, uh, I, he will be uh, and probably some point in the game as well. Uh, I think fans will kind of show their gratitude and um, for for what he did and, and what he uh, meant to the University of Florida for you know helping lead the transition from Jim McElwain to to Dan Mullen. Uh, your quarterback has to buy in for the rest of the team to buy in, uh, and uh, I think uh, you know Felipe Franks did that and, and is a big part of you know why we get to enjoy uh, Gator football and a big part of why um, we. Look, or, or looking at Florida as a big team in 2020 because they had a really good 2018 with Felipe Franks at quarterback and then had a really good 2019 with Kyle Trask at quarterback. So you can go back two years ago and Franks was a big part in why you know a lot of people feel good about Florida uh, two years later. So there we go. Um, a lot that was a quick, uh, not too quick, uh, kind of instant reaction there. We'll have more next week, of course. Hopefully, I don't know when I'll do a show next week. Uh, the two this week, I knew this would come out this week. Uh, at, at some point, we'll try and see next week. May may do a, do like we did this past week when I recorded on a Wednesday, but kind of going to maybe see when the SEC. I do think, as I said, the week by week schedule will be announced. Um, hopefully, at some point next week. So we'll see when Florida gets to play these teams, and hopefully, there's just no gauntlet that you had there's going to be one hopefully there's not a couple there's always one gauntlet out there that you have to go through at some point in the year hopefully it's not a three four game gauntlet and <laughs> maybe it's two three at the most uh or you know there's two games here two games there two games there something like that we'll, we'll see how it all works out uh there and, and maybe where the bye week is too but as i thought as i was saying um pretty fair pretty fair in the end uh, for everybody involved and um uh, I was trying to go through maybe some YouTube comments here as well. Uh, you guys live, just throwing your comments there, but it's kind of hard to go back there. Kenneth Robinson says, you think the schedule going to help with recruiting? Um, that, that I don't know. Um, you get Arkansas at home, so I don't think that, um, that's really that big of a deal. Do recruits want to come to that game or not? We don't even know if recruits can come on campus at any point in the fall right now. So uh, games themselves, I think it's still a wait and see. Uh, if fans are going to be, um, or not fans, um, recruits will be allowed in the stands uh, uh, and all that. So uh, that's um, kind of where we'll go from there. Uh, Bruce Eklund asks, is next show a recruiting update? Absolutely, it will be. I know uh, Leonard Taylor committed to Miami yesterday, uh, but the Palmetto uh, Corey Collier's safety will commit Monday, August 10th. Uh, so we'll have that to uh, look back look back on. Uh, as well, Jason Marshall still hanging out there too. Uh, Florida, Miami, Alabama. We'll see where he goes from there. So, uh, we'll, if he commits, we'll have that update there uh, as well. But we'll definitely have more schedule talk. Will Miles uh, would join me at some point. We'll see. Hopefully, we'll probably try and wait till Wednesday, Wednesday at the latest. Wednesday night at the latest for the next episode. Hopefully, we'll try and see where the SEC uh, puts these games on the schedule. And um, let's see. I'll go try and go through some here. Um, as far as the comments, and I don't really want you to have to wait around for me to find the uh, <laughs> comments worth reading. And I really can't read them fast enough to to, to get them out there. But I gotta do a better job of uh, keeping up with the YouTube comments. But uh, thanks for you guys. Uh, the chat, the chat always, the chat in YouTube is always uh, 
uh, always on fire. Uh, so everybody who joins the uh, YouTube part of it, um, you know, everybody give me a like there. But I uh, encourage everybody else to hop in on the uh, YouTube portion of it as well. Uh, so you can interact with some fellow Gator fans. Uh, last week, some Miami Hurricane fans jumped in. We'll get Georgia fans every now and then. Uh, so, you know, if you don't have a YouTube Google account already, go create one, come in, watch us live. Uh, that always helps and uh, interact with a whole lot of Gator fans there are over about 120 watching live right now. So uh, thank you much for joining us for this impromptu episode of Gators Breakdown. I knew I was going to do one right away as soon as the SEC uh, announced these 10 games and uh, and then the, the two opponents that we didn't necessarily know about until today. So wasn't going to leave you guys hanging uh, too long without an episode and my thoughts on adding Texas A&M and Arkansas to the schedule. So that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.